Hey, my name is Brian Golden. I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church. And I just want to personally thank you for listening to our podcast. And I also want to invite you wherever you are around the country or in the Tampa Bay area to join our digital online campus at centerpointfl.org. And here's what you need to know. Our vision is to create an alternative to church as usual for all people. And all that means is, regardless of whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, you're new to faith, you're investigating faith, or you don't even know what you believe, our goal is for you to feel like you belong, even if you never believe. And so thank you again for listening, and I hope today's message encourages you and helps you. Good morning, Center Point. How are we doing? 9 a.m. on a cold Florida morning and you lost an hour of sleep and you're here and you're looking great and you sound great. Uh, hey, thanks for being here. Thanks for um, all of those checking us out online. Maybe you're watching, maybe for the first time and someone shared this link. Thanks for being with us. Uh, maybe you're listening via unfiltered radio or podcast, however you're watching all over. Um, we're just so excited that you're here and a part of this morning. Um, like something just said, my name is Bradley Hamilton. I'm uh, the pastor of family engagement here. And uh, we are right in the middle of a three-part series on prayer. And so whether you're newer or checking us out, maybe you're even investigating faith, uh, maybe you're a longtime follower of Jesus and you've been with us for a while, wherever you're at, I think that this is a great series for you to hop in because prayer, wherever we're at, whatever our journey has looked like, uh, is probably, if we were to be honest, one of the most confusing things of our faith. Especially if you're investigating, it can seem very confusing, very odd. Um, but even if you've been a lifetime follower of Jesus, you probably have a lot of questions surrounding faith. There's a lot of confusion surrounding prayer. And so uh, we feel this way oftentimes because prayer is one of those things that um, we just do a little differently. We, we say things that we would never say normally. Uh, we pray for food to like nourish our body, even though it's pizza and we know that that's impossible. Uh, we, we pray things like hedges of protection and what does that even mean? Uh, we pray, we even give kids this really creepy prayer uh, before they go to bed about if they die before they wake and you know what I'm talking about? Prayer is just one of those things that um, we have accidentally in some ways, again, it's all maybe started from good places, maybe it was unintentional, but we've begun to make it a little bit confusing. And so what we wanted to say is, hey, over these next couple of weeks, we just wanted to come around this idea that maybe you would experience a couple of new things about prayer. And one of the things that we hope you experience is that prayer was never meant to be complicated. We talked about this last week, but prayer was never meant to be complicated. It's one of the things that Jesus again and again had to combat with his listeners and his followers because what had begun to happen was religious people took prayer, which was an incredible thing in itself that God wanted to communicate with us. Unlike every other religion where God was removed and you had to work your way up to him, God actually wanted a relationship with you and with me. He wanted to talk and walk and be with his people. And one of the ways that we can communicate was through prayer. So it's an incredible thing that Jesus brought in to usher in this, this simple idea that you can talk and communicate with God. And yet what began to happen was religious people added on extra rules, added on extra traditions because they wanted to make sure that this was a special, unique, set-apart thing. And although it was special and it was set-apart and it was unique, all of these extra rules began to make it unintentionally complicated. And it made it very inaccessible for people who maybe weren't religious who maybe weren't as educated, who maybe felt like they didn't have access to God when it was something that was for them. And so maybe you've kind of felt the same way. That wasn't just something that happened to the followers of Jesus day, but we continue to do that today. <clears throat> we talk about prayer as if it's this you know, special thing for special people in special places using special language. And the truth is that, that that's not prayer at all. In fact, prayer is accessible to everyone. Prayer, it doesn't matter how religious you are, 
Prayer doesn't matter your journey or your experience. Prayer doesn't matter what kind of words you use or where you're at. You can communicate with God. That simple truth that Jesus brought in is the same truth that we have today, that you, wherever you're at, whatever your faith journey is, whatever your experience, you can communicate with God. On your commute, in your room, doesn't have to be a 30 minute like quiet time in your closet. You can just talk with them wherever you're at. Prayer doesn't have to be complicated. And the other thing we looked at is that prayer was never meant to be safe. It was never meant to be safe. And most of the prayers that you and I pray are just safe prayers. Not bad prayers, but safe ones. And like if you were to really take stock of your prayer life, you'll see that a lot of your prayers are probably things like, bless me, God, keep me safe. God, help me get through traffic. Help me get good grades. These aren't bad prayers, but they're just safe prayers. And if safe prayers are the extent of our prayer life, we are missing out on something incredible about prayer. Because the prayers that we've been looking at in the series that we're gonna continue today is that we will see prayers that when they were prayed, things changed. When these prayers were prayed, it led to life change. When these prayers were prayed, it led to, in some cases, history shifting. Prayer was never meant to be safe. And what we looked at last week was the, the first prayer prayed by David that was simply this, God, search me. God, search me and know my heart. This is an incredibly dangerous prayer because it's a prayer that takes vulnerability. It's a prayer that takes honesty. It's a prayer that will actually reveal some of the things and faults in our own hearts and in our own lives. It is an incredibly dangerous prayer. And what we warned last week is don't pray that unless you want things to change. But we have to start here. We have to start with this honesty and vulnerability with God because what if, and then here's what we post, what if Christians just stop praying about everyone else's faults and start praying for their own? And what if that was the goal of so much of our prayer life? It's incredibly dangerous, but I think it would change everything. And so what we're gonna look at is another prayer this morning. We're gonna look at a, a guy named Jeremiah. Jeremiah lived around 600 BC and Jeremiah was a prophet which meant that he was someone who was used by God to speak to the people of God to help lead them and guide them toward him and ultimately lead them toward a coming of Jesus, the coming Messiah. And so what we see in historical writings is that Jeremiah was a prophet. He's leading the nation of Judah, but he had this kind of odd label. He's often referred to as the weeping prophet, which just today would not be a great label that you would wanna carry. The, the weeping anything sounds really strange. We would probably avoid those people today. If you were at the store and there was a cashier that was known as the weeping cashier, like you probably wouldn't pick that line. When you're looking for a real estate agent, if there was one that was like the weeping real estate agent, you probably would go a different route. You definitely wouldn't come here the weeping pastor, like that wouldn't be a thing. But Jeremiah was referred to as the weeping prophet because a lot of his writings, a lot of his prayers, a lot of things that we have about him seem very sorrowful, they seem full of mourning, and they honestly just are kind of sad. And in fact, the prayer that we're going to look at, the one that I'm going to encourage us to pray over this next week, is a pretty sorrowful prayer. And here's what he writes in Jeremiah 8, 18. He says, my grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. I hurt with the hurt of my people. I mourn and I'm overcome with grief. You can see in just the sentence why he would be referred to as the weeping prophet. But to give you a little context of what Jeremiah was speaking into might uh, explain a little bit of why he sounds this way. At the time, he's leading the nation of Judah. It was one of the most tumultuous decades that they were walking through. And the nation had begun to rebel against God. 
and people in high positions of power were abusing their power on people who didn't have much. And the poor and the widows were being abused. They were even beginning to sacrifice babies to a false god. And this was the nation, this was the people group, the church, the ministry, if you will, that that he was called to speak into and lead. And he just couldn't get over this fact. He was so broken, so distraught, so confused that people who would claim to love God and follow after him could also treat people this way. That people who would claim to love God would stray this far and begin to use their power, power to leverage over other people. He was incredibly broken by it. And so a lot of his statements feel like this. He's overcome with grief and he is completely overwhelmed. And as weird as it is to say, I think that we need to pray a prayer similar to Jeremiah's. And we need to ask God simply this, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. God, would you break my heart? This prayer that was prayed by Jeremiah that I think we need to pray as well is so countercultural to the other prayers that we pray. Because normally our prayers are filled with prayers of comfort. God, bless me. God, help me. God, help this go easier. God, allow for this interview to go smoothly. God, comfort, I I need comfort and, and security. That's what most of our prayers are prayed for. And yet what Jeremiah is praying for is the opposite of that. Jeremiah is saying, God, would you wreck me? Would you break me? Would you give me this unrelenting burden that just doesn't let up? for the things that break your heart. The reason I think this is important is because I think when we begin to pray this, it will take our lives in three directions. A truly broken heart, a burden that won't let up for the things that God cares about. If we will hold on to that kind of a burden in our lives, it will lead us in three, what I think very important directions. The first one is the broken heart leads to action. A broken heart, this true burden that just won't relent. When you have that, you can't stay still. You can't stay still because discomfort will always lead to action. It's discomfort that leads us to moving in a different direction. And in fact, there's an article in Psychology Today that talks about this. And they're talking about how we make decisions and move toward change. And they say this, the discomfort of not changing has to outweigh the pain of the change before we'll move on. So it's true in every area of life. The discomfort of not changing has to outweigh the pain of actually making a change. And so they compare it to a few different ways. They say, so with our health, if you, the discomfort that you feel with your health, with your situation, maybe it's with how you look, whatever it is, it has to outweigh the pain of exercise before you'll make that decision to move forward, right? The discomfort with your financial situation and where you're at and how things are going has to become bad enough to where it pushes through the pain of actually cutting back and making smarter financial decisions, The discomfort of where you're at has to be more than the discomfort of making the change and then you'll move forward. And so the problem is too many of us want comfort and then we stay there. And when it's actually discomfort that's gonna help us push past that change. So for Jeremiah to pray for discomfort, he's actually praying, God, would you just burden me so bad that I have to do something about this? Would you burden my heart with something that you care about so much that it would take over my thoughts and it would consume me and it would begin to move me toward action because comfort is actually always the enemy of action. You've never made a decision and stepped out in a big thing for God because of comfort. It was always discomfort. And I just think that too many Christians are so concerned with praying and keeping our comfort that it's preventing us from stepping forward into things that we're really called to do. I think too often we are so focused on our comfort that we're actually missing the callings and the purposes that we can step into and the hurts that are all around us in other people's lives. 
And so what if we just began to, like Jeremiah, stop praying for our comfort and our security and we prayed a dangerous prayer, God, would you help me see what else is going on in the world around me? Would you help me see the hurt of others? Would you help me see the discomfort and the pain of other people? And would you begin to burden my heart for that so much so that it moves me toward action? One of the things that breaks my heart the most are when kids and students uh, either don't give God a chance or walk away from God because of an environment that wasn't enjoyable, they felt like they had to endure, or a place that wasn't safe. This was my experience a lot growing up, and so I kind of had walked away from God or didn't really give him a chance because I felt like churches had to be endured. And I didn't really feel like that was the best place to bring all of my questions, like they wouldn't understand or I would be judged, whatever that looked like. And so now when creating an environment like we do in CC Kids or at Velocity, my goal every single week is for them to have the most fun they'll have all week long. For it to be an environment that engages them right where they're at. It's why you'll hear loud screams coming out of that building in CC Kids. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. They're actually excited and cheering and they're having a blast. It's why on Wednesdays we play big games and we have big inflatables and we just want it to be an experience that engages them right where they're at. And because so for me, for some of my friends, that burden was, was the opposite. That's just what has begun to break my heart. This is why Centerpoint started. You'll hear from Brian and Nicole and Dale about this just burden on them because their experience, their family, their friends had, had these barriers in front of them into really experiencing life and freedom in Jesus. And so they wanted to start a place that was an alternative to church as usual. And they wanted to build a place where it was safe to talk about anything. It was safe to belong, even if you don't believe. And that anyone without barriers can have access to Jesus, to life and freedom in him. And now to this day, it's why we talk about it in all of our staff interviews. It's one of the most important things we want our staff to feel because we want this burden to be personal to each of us. And for so many of you, this is your story and this is why you're here. That this was a burden that you felt as well, either you experienced it personally or you saw it in the life change of a friend that there is a burden that leads to change. So where does your heart break? Find that, and then you'll start to move toward action. And then once you begin to move in action, a broken heart will lead to purpose. A broken heart will lead you to purpose. All the time I have students, especially in student ministry, wanna know like what's God's will for my life? How do I find my plan or my purpose? What does that look like? And ultimately, I just want to point back to this question to go, where does your heart break? If you can find that spot that will burn you, that you see in the world around you that something just isn't right, that you have to do something about, if you will begin to sit on that, then you will begin to move toward finding your purpose. And it might be big things sometimes. Maybe many of you have started organizations or you've started a business or you've gotten involved in organization. That's a, a big thing that's kind of burned your heart and moved your life in a different direction. But it doesn't have to be something big like that. You can find your purpose in little ways where your heart is just broken. Maybe for some of you, you see that kids and students didn't have a, a mentor and maybe you didn't have that growing up. And so you're just so burdened to kind of be that. And so you sign up to serve in our kids ministry or student ministry and be a small group leader and to be a safe sounding board for kids and students who desperately need a mentor and connection in their life. Maybe you just see a coworker who's struggling and you decide to go out of your way to invite them to come sit with you and begin to invest in them a little bit. Maybe you have a neighbor who's new and they don't know very many people and they're alone and you've gone out of your way to kind of use your hospitality to make them feel welcome and at home. When you begin to just be burdened for the things that God is burdened for, when you begin to pray every day, God, would you break my heart and open my eyes to the hurt that's around me? 
you will begin to see where he wants you to move. And it's an incredibly dangerous prayer because as you see where he wants you to move and you begin to take action, you just might begin to discover purpose. For Jeremiah, he had no idea how big his purpose was. And not just for the nation that he was leading, but for us today. Because so many of his prophecies that were foretold about Jesus, Jesus showed up and fulfilled later. And he would have no idea, but he would be pointing people and providing evidence for the Messiah that Jesus was who he said he was, that he was God come to rescue and redeem you and me. Maybe God wants to use your story for more than just yourself. And when you begin to pray, God, will you break my heart? It opens you up to those possibilities. And then lastly, a broken heart leads to perseverance. I want to speak for just a second to those who feel like you have been stepping out or you've made a decision of faith or you've moved in a direction because God was leading you there. Something broke your heart and you took a step. Maybe you've started a business. Maybe you invited a friend. Maybe you began uh, serving somewhere. And along that path, you have hit some incredible obstacles and you have begun to face opposition. And I just want you to know that if that's where you're sitting because you're ready to give up because the step of faith isn't as easy as you thought it would, I just want you to know that maybe the fact that you're hitting opposition is a good thing. In fact, if you're taking a step toward God, if you're doing something big to change the world, change you, change your family, whatever that looks like, you will always be met with opposition. The fact that you're hitting that wall is actually a sign that you are doing something in the direction of God. And so because you're hitting opposition does not mean that it's time to give up. In fact, you just have to do what Jeremiah did. Jeremiah was facing incredible persecution. He's trying to guide people, help people grow closer to God, see God, experience God. And as he's calling people to take that step, he had nothing but persecution. He wasn't seeing the fruit and anyone come around and turn back to Jesus. But he's continuing to go, God, I have to go back to my original burden. I have to go back to that thing that weighs on me so heavy. God, would you break my heart? And I think that if you're in that spot and you're ready to give up, you're ready to call it quits, you've taken the step of faith and it wasn't as easy as Christians said it was going to be. And so now you've encountered some obstacles and you're wondering if it's worth it. Would you ask God, break my heart, take me back to that original burden, that, that decision to take that step. God, remind me of why I'm doing this. Maybe you invited a friend and you've begun to invest in their life and you're not seeing any change. You're not seeing any reciprocation. And in fact, maybe they've even walked farther away and they're pushing back. And would you just pray, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Continue to fill me with that original burden. Some of us need to pick back up prayer. And so let me close with this. I actually think that you need and want to be the weeping employee. I think that you should want to be the weeping parent. You should want to be the weeping spouse because that means that you have a burden in your heart that's driving you, that's motivating you. That means that you are a person who is focused not on your own comfort, not on just what's happening right in front of you, but on what breaks the heart of God, on the people that walk past you every single day and have hurts and burdens that you might be the thing that God wants to use to step into their life. As we begin to pray that prayer, God, would you fill us with this unrelenting burden for the things that hurt your heart? You might begin to change and you might begin to lean toward action 
and you might begin to find your purpose. But it's a dangerous prayer. And so my challenge is every single day this week, would you pray this, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. And for some, this might be the thing that changes everything for you. I'm gonna pray for us and then we're actually gonna do something a little different to end out the service. We're gonna have a time of response and reflection and it's not gonna be anything weird. I'm gonna gonna explain it, but let me pray for us and then I'll walk us through what's next. God, I thank you for how you love us. I thank you for the burdens that you put in our hearts. And God, I pray for this morning. I know there's so many who are maybe being spoken to right now. It's not coincidence they're hearing from you, but that you are reminding them that they have purpose. You are reminding them of what you've put in them and the the action that they can take. God, I pray for the ones in the room who are ready to give up, who are ready to call it quits. God, that you would break their heart for your love for them and for what you have in store if they will just keep going. It's your name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this message or have been impacted by Centerpoint Church in any way, would you consider helping us out in one of two ways? First, if you would just spread the word, share this message with your friends, family. Maybe you could go rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast catcher, but this helps us so much more than you know. And secondly, this ministry is supported by people like you through their financial generosity. And so if you've been impacted by any of these messages, would you consider giving to support the mission and vision of Centerpoint to see people reach with the radical grace of Jesus? You can give today on our website at centerpointfl.org. And again, that's centerpointfl.org.